God bless you. This is Miles Kilby. I want to welcome you to this week's broadcast of Prophetic Podcast. And I'm very excited this week to have with me a dear friend of mine and a special guest, Prophet Vaughn Clark. And I'm really excited for what the Lord is going to speak and share through Vaughn and all that he has to say in the message that uh, God has given him to deliver what God is showing him uh, to give to the body of Christ. And, um, you know, now I'll just say this as a, as a prelude to the interview, uh, is that uh, we're living in very exciting times. Uh, it's a very exciting time to live for, for the Lord, for Jesus. And there's a lot going on uh, in the world, in the body of Christ, um, and there's a lot that God is revealing and speaking right now to His people. I think much of the question is, is do we have ears to hear, and who is our God? And I really believe that those who know their God will do great exploits in this day and in this yes, hour. Sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, a few things that I've been sharing recently, just the past couple of weeks, um, is uh, about the God of breakthrough showing up and coming onto the scene, uh, the the God of uh, victory, uh, you know the the Greek word for uh, overcomer or victory is Nike, like a Nike tennis shoe, uh, the God of victory, um, the God of triumph, causing you to triumph. God always leads us in triumph, and He's going to cause you to triumph during this time uh, as long as you're found in him. And I've been, uh, talking about being in the secret place of the most high or uh, a place called secret to where God reveals his secret, his secrets to his people, uh, and to those that fear him. You know, the word of the Lord also says that the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. And so, um, and there is much that takes place in the secret place and to, to say that God is calling the church back to prayer uh, is one thing, but we're, I'll just say this, we're always called to pray. Yes, sir. And we're always called, you know, we're called to pray without ceasing. And um, I truly believe uh, something the Lord has spoken to me recently is that God is calling His church out of exile to leave Babylon and to go back to Zion and to begin to build the house of the Lord up, to build the house of the Lord, to build the kingdom of God, to advance the kingdom of God in the earth. And, um, you know, God is going to bless us um, as we do that and as we pursue that and as we put Him first. And so... Um, I know Prophet Vaughn has uh, several things to share, so I'm going to get straight over to him. And so, Brother Vaughn, God bless you. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. He's been a great mentor to me and uh, poured into my life as a, as a young man. And uh, so I appreciate him very much. And um, I will say this is that he is a true prophet indeed. Uh, he, there's a 
the mantle of the prophet rests on him. Uh, I know that. And I know that he hears from the Lord. So with that being said, God bless you, Brother Vaughn. How are you? I'm doing fine, Miles, and it's good to good to see you, and it's and I'm blessed to be able to speak to the audience, and I just pray for God's richest blessing and for Him to give them revelation and wisdom and grace and the knowledge of Him and illumination of soul. And uh, you know, one of the big things that I feel like people need to face is that. Where there's such, at, at the same time the Spirit of God is being poured out, there's an enormous spirit of oppression from the spirit of Antichrist. Yes. And it brings confusion on people, and it brings lawlessness on people, and it literally, what, what's happening is that instead of people stepping out into what God's called them to do, they're circling the camp, and they're trying they're trying to build for themselves a walled house or a walled city like, like Lot had in, in Sodom, where they don't have to face the world. And, and they want it to be a nice and a peaceful place, and they don't want to have to deal with anything. And they're tired and they're worn out. And people, people that have been groomed by God for decades are stepping back and going, well, I, I've paid my dues. And young people are coming forward, and they need, you know, if you weren't a part of the Jesus movement in the 70s and the early 80s, and it was like people came off the streets, and they needed deliverance, and they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and that same thing is happening today, but they need it more. Yeah. And very people that should be there to, to do it, they're, they're burned out. They're tired. The spirit of Antichrist has worn them down. And I believe that it's time to step up and step out in 2017. And I believe that it's time for us to focus on vision and purpose and not to be scattered because what the devil is doing is distraction. Distraction through offenses. Distraction through the circumstances of life. Distraction through everything that's going on in the world. I mean, this, this, the, the, this political horse and pony show that we've been subjected to for the past several months is, is a distraction. It is a distraction. Yes. An enormous distraction. And my God, I, I have never seen Christians speak and act the way they do. And I've never seen such hatred from people that go to church. I, I don't get it. I really, I really don't understand what's happening, except people evidently don't know God, and they're carnally minded. And because they're carnally minded, the spirit of this world sounds an awful lot like the Holy Spirit to them, and they feel justified. And, and, and I'm talking about people across the board in being nasty. Right. You know, and having grudges and unforgiveness and bitterness and hate. And, I, you know, there's not a political solution to the mess this country's in. People have, have abandoned common sense, and because of that, anyone who tries to fix this mess is going to be hated, and people who, who contribute to the mess are going to be loved because we're in that, we're in that, time, that generation that calls good evil and evil good. 
And at the same time, the church has got to rise up, you know. And, uh, you know, the, the, the amazing thing to me right now, now is that God's people don't want the power of God. They don't want the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They do not want God to manifest in the church. They do not want to be dealt with by the Holy Spirit. They don't want, they don't want the anointing of repentance to fall. They don't want the glory of God to fall. They want to go to church. They want it to be a pleasant experience. They want to be able to walk in and walk out, and they want it to be convenient. Yes. Yes. And that, you know, what you're saying, you're hitting on so many things that are very true. And one thing is offense or taking oh, yeah. offense. And... I've always, I've always been offended, Miles. I've been offended my whole life. You know, you have to take offense to the cross. Yes. You can't be ruled by it. That's exactly right. And, uh, you know, especially um, with everything that is going on politically, um, I agree with you that it is a distraction. It has been a distraction. And um, through it, people are taking up offense because things aren't going the way that they want it to go. Oh, it's beyond it's beyond that. And it, it, what, 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 what we're hitting is deception that's that's a hundred years deep. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it is it is amazing. Uh, you know, you got you know, I hear the things that Christians say and the things that they write and the tone and the attitude with it. And it amazes me, and it's like people show no humility, they show no love, they openly display hatred, they mock people, they make fun of people. Uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm going to make it, give this for an example. You know, my wife and I have prayed for over 20 years that God would raise up qualified black men and women to stand in positions of power in this country. Okay, we have. You know, we didn't vote for President Obama, not because he was black, but because of the agenda that he had, because as a Christian, I can't vote for abortion. Right. I, I just can't do it. I also can't open the doors. I can't agree with opening the doors of the country to our enemies. I also can't agree with turning little children away from Jesus to a life of destruction. I can't agree with that. And it and I respected the man, respected the office. I thought of him several times every day. I prayed for his safety. I prayed for his wife and his children to be protected. I prayed for his life. And I prayed that God would give him godly wisdom. And I did this at the same time that he was turning Christians out of the White House and inviting Muslims in. I did this, and I don't hate Muslims, you know, but I'm just, I'm just talking common sense here. You know, how, and how can you hate someone that you pray for? Amen. You know, I, 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 I'm watching a manipulation of words, a manipulation of thoughts, a manipulation of movements, and basically anyone who does not agree with a globalist, anti-America, anti-Christian agenda is a, 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 a bigot 
and stupid and and a racist. It's like we they're they're literally. I mean, it's this is not just me, just just me running my mouth. But we are witnessing the worship of abortion in our country. Yes. And what's happening is that the base of so much that is good is fragmenting, and the last bastion is the family and the church. Yes. And so the church is fighting herself. You know, and literally, honestly, I think that the day will come when the church persecutes the church. Well, it's already happening. And uh, I just heard another uh, prophet talking about that. Uh, and, and, you know, people that are um, that God is using in powerful ways, especially uh, uh, in signs, wonders, and miracles, and different things like that, um, I've heard them testify that uh, they are persecuted more by the church than the world. And so that is true. And it is, uh, you know, it's like when Jesus came, you know, the religious folks are the ones that hated him. They tried to kill him. And, um, yeah, they tried to kill him. And, um, well, it's, it's, in John, it's in John 11. Look, look at that for just a minute. I was reading that. That's one of the things that I looked at over the, over the Christmas holidays and meditated on. And I thought about that, and I thought about how... how how, how unlike. And, and while you're pulling that out, let me just say this is that, you know, in in first Corinthians, Paul says, you know, we see so many Christians being divided over politics. And, you know, Paul said, uh, is Christ divided? Now, we know that he's not. Uh, Christ is not divided. Uh, we're not a follower of. Uh, Apollos or Paul or this or that um, Christ is not divided uh, Jesus is not a Republican and he's not a Democrat no and um, but how can two walk together unless they be agreed yes Miles let, let, let's get honest how how can you pray and ask God to deliver your family from death if you vote for abortion yes okay how can you pray and ask God to deliver your generations from perversion when you vote for it. How can you ask God to pay your to pay your debts off when you vote for bankruptcy? How can how can you do it? Yes. And I and I'm not I, you know and it's it's an amazing an amazing thing to me. But basically, what happened was in John 11. That's when Lazarus was raised from the dead. And what it says, and this is in. John eleven fifty three, after it says, from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. From the time that he raised Lazarus from the dead, they sought to put him to death. Wow. You know, there's such a mocking spirit now. Uh, and and people, people are trained in diatribe. They're trained in polemics. They're trained in how to talk people down. It doesn't matter what you say. They are going to have the last word. And I think that one of the things for Christians, and I believe it's a desperate need, that we, that we, we don't need to fight wars that we're not called to, but we need to learn not to cast our pearls before swine. Yes. 
because there are a lot of Christians who want to try. They think if they're nice enough and they're tolerant enough, and they try to talk to people, and literally while they're talking to them, these people are, are, are what's the right word? That they're strategizing in their, in their minds what they're going to say to this Christian to make them look stupid because the truth is they don't care what the Bible says. They have no fear of God. They don't care what the truth is. And you might plant a seed, but Christians need to learn how to look at people. And instead of going through all of the, all of the bloodletting, trying to convince people of this and that, you need to share, we need to share the gospel with people and go, you're in darkness. You're blinded by Satan. You know, uh, you know I'm, I'm planting a seed here. If you don't want to receive it, uh, your blood's on your own head and I'm free. Yeah. And I hope you have another chance. But you've heard one time in your life that the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And God's not mad at you and you don't have to live like this and you don't have to change yourself. You need to come to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit change you. And let them, put, let them cuss you out, but cut to the chase and go on about God's business. Amen. And I'll tell you another snare that the, the, that the world has put on the church is that I'm watch, watching Christians spend the, the, spend the years of their lives trying to be nice enough to make people happy, even in their own families, that, that even God can't make happy. Wow. And if God, people are not pleased with God, there's nothing you can do. To please them. Nothing. Amen. That's very true. And, um, wow. That's amazing. Um, well, let me ask you this. Um, you know, I know you talked a little bit about um, a few things God is showing you. Um, you know, what what is God showing you um, for the church? What is God saying to you uh, for the church? Um What's he showing you in general? Um, you know, what are you, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? What are you perceiving in your spirit? Well, you know, you know that there, there's, there's a church within a church. You, you know that. I mean, across the board, you know, ten is ten percent of the people that do most of the work, and ninety percent of the people that. I mean, I'm serious. Yes. I mean, Miles, Christians won't tithe, but they spend more money on cat food and dog food than they do on ministry. Mm. And the world complains. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just being real about that thing. And I think that we're going to have to learn that we're, we need to do what we're supposed to do, not because it's easy. And not because it's being greased with money, but because it's what God wants us to do. I have people that come to me all the time. They go, okay, I'm called to preach. Tell me what to do. Well, I know in their mind, they're asking me, what do I do to get behind a pulpit in a church? Yeah. Okay. My deal is the prisons are full. Okay. The youth centers are full. 
the nursing homes are full. You could go do you 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 could you could you could find a group of people that are hungry and do Bible studies all week long in homes. Okay? You need to flow in the gift that you have. You need to do the works that Jesus called you to do. You need to you need to start in motion and let God guide you. You don't need to sit in a church and rock and get mad at the preacher because he doesn't put you in ministry. Amen. Okay? We're, we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We're supposed to gather together. But for God's sake, what God has put in you do and quit blaming somebody else that you're not doing it. Amen. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. And, um, you know, we, we do need to hear, heed the voice of the Lord. And, um, and Christians need to love each other. Yes. You know, I, I don't know what it is about folks. You know, Miles, before I got saved, uh, seriously, there were three nightclubs and people could call me from anywhere in the world and find me at night. And I got calls all the time, long-distance calls, in a bar, and they'd page me, and I'd be there because people knew I'd be there. When I got saved, I asked God what to do. He says, Vaughn, he says, I don't want you to walk tight ropes for me. He said, all I want you to do is to, is to follow me like you follow darkness. Amen. And he said, he said, when the door is open, you go in. I want to be involved in what's going on in the body of Christ. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people wear grave clothes because they have been, they, they know they're called, they know they're anointed, and they've been sitting around for a lifetime. They're underemployed because they're undereducated, because they never stepped out to do what God called them to do, and they have and they're, they're, they're bound with chains of darkness. It's a religious spirit. And my God, they need to step out and to reveal Jesus to people. Amen. Okay? Let me tell you, let me tell you another, another big deal. You've got spirit-filled people, Mild. You've got First of all, people don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the people that are baptized in the Holy Spirit don't want to pray in tongues. Mm. Okay? They don't want to. Wow. Okay? They don't want to read the Bible. They don't want to study. They don't want to, you know, they, they don't want to offend anybody, so they don't share Jesus with people. Right. And see, we're, we're, we're dangerously close. You know, I hope there's a change with this administration, but we're dangerously close, dangerously close where Christians won't be able to hold a state or a federal job. Right. And maintain their conscience. And right now, as we speak, if teachers and administrators teach the curriculum that the government has forced down the wants to force down the throats of little children, they will be destroying their lives. Hmm. Wow. And that's how that's how desperate it is. And people have hard choices to make. But we've got, we've got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to the power. We've got to come to the place that we're so hungry. I mean, Miles, before I got saved, I could have the flu and be working a double shift, and I was going to go party. 
Okay, and now if there's, a, if there's a cloud in the sky or if we're a little bit tired, we don't want to do anything. We don't want to be involved. And I, it's, it's, it's the flesh. And, and the older you get, the easier, the easier it is. There's a fire that God wants to give to every Christian that burns in them of the, of the hunger and the thirst for his glory and the desire to be like Jesus. Yes, and we desperately need that fire. And I know God is willing to release it. You know, I think of what uh, Jeremiah said, if you seek me, Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And um, that's not going about it so casually, is it? No, it's not. You know, you didn't, you know, the married people didn't get married by looking at their, 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 their girlfriend or boyfriend and going, well, Anybody will do, you know, here I am, okay, Sarah, Sarah, if you want me, here I am. You know, that's not, that's not, that's not the way, that's not the way it worked at all. Right, it was more, uh, like intense passion. <laughs> yeah, yes, thank you, sir. And, uh, and a lot of other things could be said about that. Well, let me ask you this, um, what are some signs that we're living in the last days, in the last of the last days? Uh, well, first of all, the, the Muslims have risen up and said they're going to kill every Jew on earth and then all the Christians, and nobody cares. Amen. And all the nations are being drawn out to destroy Israel. And it's been openly stated, openly stated. Uh, you know, you've got a, you've got a demonic marriage between the Soviet Union and the Muslim nations going on. Help me, Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think that the Nazis ever went away, and it's there that spirit is manifesting in the Muslim world uh, right now, especially with the Prime Minister of Turkey who believes he's the reincarnation of Adolf Hitler. Wow. And there's just a lot, there's a lot going on here. This is a great Christian nation. I mean, you know, we're making our soldiers wear high heel shoes. You know, and sensitivity training, and at the same time, not allowing them to fight and opening the borders of the nation up. And I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just insanity. But it's not, it's insanity with a purpose. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a purpose. And, you know, the, 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 the country has been demoralized. And, and uh, uh, it, it's an amazing thing to me that, that, that people who love darkness and will actually, actually go out in public, uh, I mean, in foreign countries, they'd be shot. But they're nude and semi-nude. And they hate Christians and put up signs like, you know, if Mary had aborted Jesus, we wouldn't be having any of this trouble. And women saying stuff like, I didn't have an abortion, but I wish I had so I could be fulfilled, you know, and all this kind of stuff. That is, that is, uh, that is, that is an antichrist spirit. It's craziness. And with that gets more press and gets more applause than the good things that need to happen in this country to preserve life and to give people a standard of living. 
Yes. Yeah, and I'm looking oh. here at First Timothy four, and it says in verse one and following, and the Spirit expre expressly says that in the last times some of the faithful will turn their minds to following deceitful spirits yes, and teachings of demons. Yep. Teachings of demons. So you mean the demons have teachings too? Yeah. Well, you've got preachers telling people what they want to hear. Paul said, I don't, uh, to the Corinthians, I don't want to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Okay? And he went everywhere teaching the churches what things they would have to endure to obtain the kingdom of God. And now everything, I don't, I don't know what you call it, but it is a, it's an amazing and astounding. Somebody listening right now has got palsy. Their hands shake. Their bodies shake. They've got some kind of a neurological condition. They're being delivered and healed right now while we're doing this. As I speak this, that's coming off of them. And it's been, they've had other people that, that had it, so they go, well, uh, this is just my lot in life. That's being broken. But basically, basically, Miles, there is a demon spirit called Wormwood. And it's talked about from the book of Deuteronomy all the way through the scripture to the book of Revelation. It's going to be poured out in the last days. It's going to pollute one-third of the fresh water, which is the body of Christ. And it's going to convince people that even though they're in rebellion to God, that they're walking right with God. Wow. Wow. And it makes them spiritually drunk and confused. And it ble they believe that they're going to be blessed even though they're doing exactly what they want to do and not what God wants them to do. Wow. And isn't, isn't that also refer referenced in Revelation? Yes, sir. In the book of Revelation. It says a great star called Wormwood fell out of heaven. And I believe that's the demon prince. And it says that it fell on the earth and that one-third of the fresh water, it's in Revelations 8, was polluted and, and it made men sick when they drank it. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So what, what's, what's going to keep Christians in a safe place? What, what do we need to be doing? Well, first of all, doctrine. You know, Learn, you know, I, I would challenge everybody there to look, you know, everybody, they, 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 they say it like they've, they've got something nasty on their foot, but a fundamentalist Christian, they ought to look up what a fundamentalist Christian really is. A fundamentalist Christian is someone who believes the Bible and believes the basic doctrines of the Bible and believes that Jesus came to redeem mankind and that, that we're to do the work of the evangelist to try to save people from hell. That's the fundamentalist. Amen. Okay. And you've got to understand that time is short. Uh, it says in Jude that how we separate, that we're living in the book of Jude. Everybody ought to read it. That's where we're living right now. We're living in it. And it says to, to in order to separate ourselves, and to have love for people who are who are caught in this fire being burned even now. That we're to pray in the Holy Spirit and to build ourselves up. 
And, you know, our minds need to be renewed. And we need to, we, you know, we need to, you know, pe- people need to keep short accounts with God, too. You know, if you're, if you're, there's a lot of teaching out there right now. And it's true that God loves us just the way we are. But the, 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 the things about God is that we're supposed to change. And, you know, if, if you're living in, in, in not what you fall into, but a continual cycle of sin in your life, there's something that's wrong. Maybe you need deliverance. Maybe you need ministry. But you've got to let God get hold of you. And you and God, you know, other people can minister to you and counsel you. But there's got to be something personal and distinct that happens between you and God so that it no longer pleases you to live in rebellion. Amen. You know? And and see, it, when, when the Bible talks about uh, working out your salvation with fear and trembling, it's, it's talking about doing, doing the things to renew your mind and opening your eyes to see what this world is and the lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life. So many people have broken hearts that they won't let God heal. Amen. That's very true. Let me ask you this. Um, You know, I I think there's a lot of people um, that they, they don't really understand the demonic realm. They don't really understand the spirit realm. They don't understand um, the activity that goes on in that area. They don't understand um, how angels work. Uh, you know, the Lord spoke something to me recently, and I don't, I don't talk about angels a lot. I know that they're real. I know that they help us. I know that they assist us. Uh, I know that when Jesus was was in Gethsemane uh, praying. Uh, that, that an angel came down and touched him and strengthened him when he was praying in the garden. And, and the Lord spoke something to me recently, and he said, I, I'm releasing revelation to my people of how um, of the ministry of angelic host. I want my people to understand uh, the purpose of angels, what they do, and how they are there to assist believers. And the reason why I believe God is giving the body of Christ revelation of this is because we've been ignorant on the subject and in the days that we're coming into we are going to need the supernatural intervention of God which includes angelic host uh, intervening ministering to us uh, protecting us we are going to need that we need it now, and we're gonna. I believe we're gonna. Inc- there's. We're gonna continue to need it. It's going. Know, it's going to increase. Let, let, let me. Let me share. Let me share a vision. If I, I, excuse me for interrupting you. Finish your thought. Yeah, and so, um, you know, I, there's such. Uh, I see such a, a ig- an ignorance or a lack of understanding of. Uh, how the spirit realm operates, what is taking place in the spirit realm, and how real it is. How real the spirit realm is, that angels are real, and that demons are real, that Satan is real. Yes. Yes. Uh, in, in 2005, I, I, I had a, uh, a vision 
And in this vision, there was a huge multitude of people standing on this level plain. And they were all together. And the ground began to shake. Well, at first they just looked at each other. And then the ground began to shake more. And they started to get alarmed. And then the ground began to crack. And the people began to scream and run. And they ran in two completely opposite, di opposite directions. One direction was uphill and toward the mountains. And the other direction looked like it was level, but it was a gradually descending level plane. And the, heart, the more they ran, the, the steeper the incline got. And on the other side, the more they ran toward the mountain, the harder it got. But at the top of this mountain was this bright shining light, and I knew it was the glory of God. Now, the separation that's coming in this world, and we need to understand this, is that man was created to be a temple, Miles. Amen. And when we reject God, we're accepting Satan. Yes. Okay? And in our activities, in our rebellion, it's not the Holy Spirit we're being filled with, but darkness breeds darkness. Yes. And see, we need to understand this, too, that it's popular in our modern, modern culture. Our children read books about witchcraft. There's every, every, every school that I know about has witches in it now, in, in the, you know, teen, among t young teens. And, and uh, it's popular. Uh, it's it's to, to live in darkness. And people don't understand this, too, about sex. Is that sex is a spiritual act. And that whoever you have sex with, you become one with spirit, soul, and body. And that whatever is in them comes into you. And whatever is in you goes into them. And when you're not married to somebody and you have sex with them, you not only have sex with them, but everybody they've ever been with. That's right. Including animals, right? And so the other, the other side of that is that God sanctifies us and purifies us. You know, he's blessed the marriage bed, and, and, and he changes us from glory to glory, and we get filled with the Holy Spirit and with the gifts of the Spirit, and we learn how to resist darkness, you know, and to put down these things. And so basically you have two, you have two races of people on the earth right now. You have people in light and people in darkness. Amen. Amen. And you know, um, you, you mentioned witches, and um, let's talk about witchcraft in the church, witchcraft in the body of Christ. Why don't you just address that for a moment? Well, the purest form of witchcraft and sorcery is trying to control the lives of other people through manipulation and emotions and whatever else. And people... Uh, honestly, people pray things that, that aren't even God. They pray to get what, what they want to happen in the lives of other people without being submitted to the Word of God and to the Holy Spirit. And I've honestly been, been in prayer meetings that I, I look back now and I'm surprised that we didn't draw a pentagram at the altar of the church and drink chicken blood because we were interceding, you know, for our will to be accomplished. You know, instead of being submitted to the Word of God. And it's a, 
there's a lot more of that that takes place. And I believe that there are demon spirits that masquerade the gifts of the Holy Spirit to control people and to dominate people and to put fear in people. You know, you can prophesy by a religious spirit that's not God. Yes. You know, that's right. I mean, I'm serious, you can. And you're guilty, it's just really a kind of blasphemy. You know, and it grieves the Holy Spirit. You know, when the Bible says that all sins will be forgiven except blaspheming the Holy Spirit, well, there's a lot of people that say God tells them things and it's not God telling them things, and it's to get over on people. Amen. You know, and you have people that are in, that, that are afraid to do what they're supposed to do because they're, they're afraid they'll be cursed. They're told that they'll be cursed if they don't do what the what somebody tells them to do. And I mean, and I'm not talking about a God, godly warning, you know, from the Holy Spirit that, that can be back then. You know, you need to watch out what you're doing. You need to change your life. You're headed down a dark road. But people tell people stuff like, if you leave here, you'll die. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm just going, you know, help me, Jesus. And I'm, I'm not advocating lawlessness. I, I believe that people need to take church membership real seriously. And I believe that people need to take going to church real seriously and not be willy-nilly about it and just go from place to place and think that there's some great, you know, great authority on the kingdom of God and sit around and dissect everything and find fault with it. And there are a lot of people that do that. Right. Right. That's very true. Um, let me ask you this. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit about what we're discussing um, let's talk a little bit about the prophetic ministry um, or the ministry of the prophet and you know when I think about the ministry of the prophet I think about how powerful of a ministry it is um, uh, what how it brings um, that it's a breakthrough ministry I believe in the church that it carries a great authority in the body of Christ um, that that God uses uh, the prophets to to bring revelation and direction to the church, uh, to help build and to plant, to help establish the church in truth. And, um, you know, I think about uh, a few things the Bible says about prophets. Uh, you know, I mentioned Amos 3.7, uh, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets. Um, you know, that's a pretty profound statement by God that he says there that he doesn't do anything unless he reveals it to his servant the prophet and then I think about a statement that Moses made I believe it's in uh, I'm not sure I think it's in numbers um, that he said um, how I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets yes and the desire that he had and I think uh, some of that was what he had at ex what the revelation that he had and what he had experienced walking in that place with God. He wanted everybody else to know. Yes. And he, you know, you think about this, the frustration that Moses had, and he was different. You know, God came and spoke to him face to face. Yes. You know, came and spoke down, and it had to be in some form that protected Moses. Because later on he asked to see the Lord's, you know, and he had to hold Moses in the cleft rock because he said, you can't look on my face and live. 
But then it says he came down and spoke to Moses face to face, so God had to shield himself in some form to protect Moses. But what Moses dealt with is that he would have revelation with God and then turn around and tell the people and they'd walk in rebellion because it wasn't real to them. And see, one of the snares of the prophetic ministry is that people are, 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 you know, there's a mysticism involved in it and people like to hear a good word and they know that God's moving, but it's almost like it's entertainment instead of taken seriously. Yes. I've been in churches and I've ministered to people and I've had pastors come up and go, this man has had the same prophecy four times in 16 months. <laughs> or you tell people something, go, I know that, everybody tells me, what you got? <laughs> you know, and it's almost like it's, a, it's an entertainment. And it's important because we're supposed to do warfare with the prophecies that we receive. That's, that's exactly right. Well, we're supposed to. We're supposed to remind ourselves and stir ourselves up. You know, and, we're, and one of the things that I've realized, where I was deceived, Miles, early in my Christian walk is that I had it, had, and I believed it because there's an element of it that's the truth that if I would submit myself to authority and I did everything that was required of me, that the will of God would just come to pass in my life. Right. Now, there's an element of that that's the truth, but what will happen is the will of whoever needs you to do what they need you to do will come to pass, and you'll be sitting around waiting for what you're supposed to do to happen and waiting for somebody else to make it happen. Amen. And, and Joyce Myers has helped me uh, with this probably more than anybody else. She, she says, I've done my best to walk in peace with everybody. She said, when I first started out, she said, I was all to pieces. She said, I didn't know what to do. I was messed up. She said, I had a dominant gift. I had a big mouth. I had a bad attitude. And she said, on top of that, I was a woman. She, she said, I was a woman. And she said, and I made a lot of mistakes. And she said, and I hurt preachers and preachers hurt me. And I did my best, but the truth is, if I had done everything that everybody else told me to do and not to do, I would not be doing what God told me to do. Wow. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that you get up because I've seen it happen. Somebody knows they're called, and they are so green, they don't know the difference between God and a billy goat, and somebody gives them a prophecy, and they jump up in their pastor's face, and unless that pastor's going to get, you know, give them a, a title and let them uh, give them a scepter to rule, they're going to go somewhere else and do it where somebody will receive their gift. Amen. Well, you, let me... and see, I, I, will, I will say this about the prophetic ministry. There's three, there, there's, there's a number of things. There's a, there's a simple gift of prophecy. And Paul said, I would that you all prophesy. He said that in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 14, he says that. But the, the ministry of the prophet is dominated, and I would say this, even in childhood, by, by visions, by dreams, by word of wisdom, word of knowledge, yes. hello, discerning of spirits, and also an affecting of faith in miracles. Yes. Amen. Okay, and they're going to have knowledge 
of future events and past events and present situations as the Holy Spirit tells tells them, and it's not always going to be a good word. Right. Right. I prophesied to a woman one time. I said, you need to go home and set your house in order because your husband's going to be dead in six months. Wow. You know, that's the only time I've ever had a word like that. One time. And it was to help her get ready. And that's absolutely what happened. Right. And and what I think people need to understand is that uh, the Lord was wanting to prepare her in that situation. Yep. And it was out of the love of God. Yep. And, um, you know, um, I've been pondering this, and, and we may have to do another broadcast to address this topic, um, is the judgment of God and how the judgment of God works. And there is so much lack of teaching uh, in this concerning this topic. People don't believe there's any judgment anymore. Right. And one thing that I told someone recently is that a lot of people don't understand that uh, many times the judgment of God uh, on a situation is out of the love of God and it brings correction. Yeah. It's like, it's like with our kids. You know, I mean, you know, we're not supposed to beat our kids black and blue. And there are a lot of other ways to exercise discipline without a spanking. But if we don't discipline our children... When they're young, they're going to be idiots when they're older. Right. That's exactly right. Well, let me say this, um, and coming back to the ministry of the prophet, um, one thing that is true is that uh, not all prophets are the same. Um, That's the truth. All prophets are unique. Um, Not all prophets flow in miracles. Some prophets do. Uh, I think about Elijah, who was a mighty prophet, and he flowed, uh, he, he had a ministry of miracles that he flowed in, that he moved in. Uh, Isaiah the prophet didn't, you don't see so many miracles manifest like raising the dead uh, and different things like that in his ministry. Um, he was more prophesying uh, future events uh, to, to Israel and, um, and, and things like that. And so, um, you know, there are different types of prophets, and I, I agree with what you said, is that one of the main marks is that they flow in w- one of the gifts of revelation very strongly, whether yep. that's word of wisdom, word of, revela- uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, which those are the revelation gifts, and dis- discerning of spirits. Um, my wife flows strongly in dreams, in visions, um, I know the the Lord gives has given me a lot of dreams and visions. Um, tell, you know, tell, and in, in the tell, Old Testament, tell. let me just say this, okay. and I, I want to get your opinion on this real fast. You know, you have seers, and then the word for prophet is nabi, N-A-B-I. Let's just talk about the difference and the uniqueness uh, between the two, how they di- differentiate. Well, I think there's. I honestly think that what you're dealing with with a, with a seer and a prophet is different kinds of prophets. I may be wrong. I believe that's true. Also. Okay, I've got I've got I've got a, a, a friend 
and and she is a, a country she's a farm woman and and she farms i mean she works the farm all the time and the woman has has the most spectacular dreams and visions and she's right on the money and she is is uh, is one of the most in-depth intercessors and people to give warnings to other people that I've ever seen. I want to point this out too. Intercession marks the ministry of a prophet. Yes. And also, I'm going to tell you this too, and this is what people don't understand. A broken heart is part of the ministry of a prophet. People have got this idea if you're a prophet that you run all over everybody and you're arrogant and you're haughty and pompous and nothing farther from the truth. You know why You know why the prophets weep? Because they see what other people don't see, and they know that most people won't listen, and they know that they're going to have to live with it through with the people when it happens. Yes. Okay? And what, what is a prophet's reward? You think about this. People say, whoever gives a, you know, a cup, a cup of water you know, gets a, a prophet's reward. I asked God about that for years because people, I've probably got kidneys like footballs because people have given me so much water. So I said, okay, God, what is a prophet's reward? He said, you really want to know? And I said, yeah. He said, it's having supernatural knowledge of what's going on, being protected supernaturally, and being provided for supernaturally. Wow. That's a prophet's reward right there. Wow. Glory. And let me just say this about, you know, um, let me just ask you this. What, what would you, how would you define prophecy? Prophecy is the will of God, the heart of God spoken through a human vessel to people that God wants to reveal his nature to and to let them know that he knows who they are and what and where and, and what 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 they are. Yes. Amen. And what he wants them to be. Let, let me make something real plain to you. I see a lot of people who call themselves prophets and all they ever see is what's wrong with people. Right. All they ever see is demons. And I'm going, my God, if you've got I mean, you know, see some angels once in a while, you know? And don't make it up. Don't let it be fantasy. Do you know that God can look at a, 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 a I mean, he, he always, you know, I have prophesied to people and made other people mad because I prophesied destiny and purpose to some people that were, that were, that everybody hated because they were so bad. Yes. You know, God's got a, got, got, got a, if a prophet had spoken to Paul, while he was murdering Christians, they go, you know, there's a mighty call of God on your life to preach the gospel of Jesus, and you're you're going to get knocked off your donkey one day, buddy. You know, you're getting away with this right now, you know, but God's going to use you, and you're going to serve Jesus. Yes. You know, I, I, remember, I remember one night I had been, and this is years ago, I, I was with a... a, a and we were in the middle of nowhere. And we were going, this guy was driving with me, we'd done a Bible study, and this had to have been 25 years ago or more. And it was after midnight, and there was a gang 
of young black men out in the middle of the road going through this tiny town. And right in the middle of that gang was a tall, young black man dressed in women's clothes. And I looked at this guy. I said, stop the car. He said, what are you doing? I said, just wait on me. I walked up. They separated. I walked all through them. There was at least 50 or more young black guys in the middle of nowhere. I'm serious. In the middle of nowhere. And I walked up to that, that, that tall young man dressed in women's clothes. I said, you know that you're called to preach. He said, me? I said, oh, yeah. And I said, you can't live like this. You can't do this. God's got more for you than this. You, and he's going to hold you to account for it. I said, you've known since you were a little boy that you were supposed to be a preacher, and you're not supposed to live like this. And I said, you've got to do something about it. And I just said, that's all i got for you. And they're all standing around looking at me, and I walked back in and got in the car. <laughs> and that guy said, man, he goes, you're crazy. I said, do you think I wanted to do that? I said that, you know, I said, I, I don't want to say that. I, said, I just looked at that guy and God said, stop and tell him. Wow. Wow. And, and you know, one thing that um, I'll just say this is, uh, and I believe this goes right in line with that testimony that you just shared, is one of the key marks of hearing from God, hearing from the Holy Spirit, is being submitted, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I believe that prophets uh, carry, a, they have a very keen sensitivity to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They have and a very they can, keen they can enhance that, and they, or they can dull that. Yes, yes. It's up to them. That, that's They're right. going to walk in that gift regardless, but they can make it sharper or they can make it duller. Amen. Amen. And and so let me ask you this. Um, when, when did you really uh, come to the full understanding that God had called you um, to the ministry or to the prophetic, to the ministry of a prophet? I didn't know that he called me to the ministry of a prophet, but I knew that he called me from the time I was a little child. Amen. And I walked in a lot of this stuff when I was a child. Now, when I say this, I want you to understand it's no reflection on, on my on my mother, but they had no they had no teaching in the church that she grew up in, and mother wanted to send me to the Edgar Casey Institute when I was a kid because I read people. You know, because of the things that I would say. And she would just tell me, she said, Vaughn, she said, you can't say, why do you say things like that? I said, Mama, I don't know. But the first time that it really it really dawned on me was right after I got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. And let me ask you this. This just came to me. What's the difference between intuition and revelation? Well... <laughs> Miles, again, you have to look at the source of it. You know, there's the spirit of the Holy Spirit, and then there's a there there's the familiar spirits, and there's a common knowledge, and uh, there can be familiar spirits that run in families, and people think it's a gift of God. You know, I mean, I'm serious, 
And there are a lot of people who are deceived and they don't know the difference between a psychic and a prophet. And where prophets have to be careful is if they walk in rebellion, they're going to get over into witchcraft. Yes, that's right. Okay, and they need also to resist the demand because especially today there's a demand on a prophet to produce prophecy. Well, what if God's not giving you anything to say to people? You know, what he's supposed to do, stand up there and make it up? Right. You know, sometimes you got to look at people and go, you know, I... If God, I, I can't, I can't just make something up. God didn't give me anything for you, right? You know, I can bless you. You know, ask God to open your heart. But see, people have this idea. You know, I, I remember years ago, Miles. And look, let's get back to intuition and into to, to uh, revelation. I believe the two will work together. Just remember that God created man to serve him. Yes. Okay? There's a lot of people, Miles, that even people living in wickedness, and they've got a gift in them, and God speaks to them from time to time. Amen. Okay? Uh, I hope my daddy is in heaven. I mean, I really do. I'd like to have a relationship with him, but he was, he was a godless man. But he had dreams. And those dreams were from God. Okay? And God would warn him of things to come, you know, in those dreams. Uh, people need to understand that every human being was created to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And that the devil has worked. There, there's no baby. I'm, I'm going to go this far. There's no baby born on the earth that doesn't see angels and doesn't see Jesus. How many, how many times have parents walked into a, a nursery and caught a baby with his hands in the air looking at something they didn't see and babbling? Yes. Okay. And what happens is that we defile that purity and that innocence and that ability to hear from God by the lives that we lead and the things we expose them to. And then God has to bring them back. Uh, I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, all, you see all these great businessmen and these, that, that have these empires and these stars? He said probably almost 100% of them are people who were called to do great things in the kingdom of God, but the devil got hold of that gift. And they were, called, they were called to lead people and build churches. Yes. So revelation and intuition, you know, the two work together, but you've got to understand that we, have, we, we can't presume on God, and we've got to draw from the Holy Spirit, and we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is never going to give us any intuition or revelation that disagrees with the Word of God yes. and does, does not exalt Jesus and God's will in someone's life in some way. It's not for entertainment, and it is not to draw attention to the one that's, that's speaking. Yes. And if people are using a gift that God has given them to draw people to them, Satan already has hold of their soul. Hmm. Wow. That's so true. And I think, uh, you know, one thing that's real important that you've said is that... Um, Entertainment has crept into the church, and it's replaced true worship. 
you know, uh, worship services have become entertainment experiences, concerts, and uh, has tried to replace true worship in the church. And yeah. preachers think that they're comedians now. And um, that is, uh, that's clearly not, uh, I don't believe it's, it's a move or a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And um, I, I want to tell you the greatest snare for prophets is to fall into a comfort zone like everybody else. Yes. Isaiah 6 is a picture of a prophet whose comfort zone disappeared. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and that's so true. And, you know, um, tell me this. How, whenever, you know, I'm in a, in a corporate uh, meeting uh, with God's people, uh, a lot of times, um, you know, when the spirit of prophecy uh, manifests, um, it's intensified when you're in a corporate setting in the presence of God. Yes, sir. And um, because one can put a thousand to flight, two can put you know ten thousand. That's why we're supposed to gather together because we we you know we we join you know one one. It's like we don't we don't understand who we are. We don't understand what the church is. We don't understand the 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 the, the, the presence of God in us, and then we link up with the presence of God in other people. Yes. And, you know, yeah, in a in corporate, a corporate setting, setting um, when the spirit, when the presence of God comes and the spirit of prophecy begins to manifest and that gift begins to, to, to manifest, um, a lot of times I feel a, an intense desire uh, or a yearning from the Lord to speak that he wants to speak to his people. Yes. And um and God so much so wants to reveal himself, his will, his plan and his purpose. And he wants to speak to us, doesn't he? Well, Miles, how many times have you been in a service with me? And I'll say now, the Holy Spirit wants to move. If you've got some, I, I know God's speaking to people, go ahead and speak it out. Amen. And nobody will say anything, and I'll wait for a while, and then I'll give it. I've already got it, but I know that God wants to. And see, this is one of the things that's lost, is that pastors used to, uh, oh, and you just I wish that you'd been alive, Miles. You weren't even alive. But pastors train their people how to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Yes. And they go, if you're going to, don't, don't, you know, you might make a mistake if you do. I'm not going to tear you to pieces, you know. I'll tell you you're wrong, but I want you to learn how to do this. I want you to, the Holy Spirit wants to use you. That's right. And see, how many, how many times have you seen me in a, in a, in a say that the healing anointing is here? Oh, yeah. yeah. And now what I want to do right now, I want you all to ask God to anoint you to lay hands on the sick. And we'll wait. And I said, okay, every one of you that felt the tangible presence of God come on your hands, stand up. Yes. And come up here. Yes. Okay. What I want people to understand is that they need to be delivered from the concept of the magic preacher or prophet. Yes. And that, that, that what I'm doing is activating the saints to do the work of the ministry. Amen. Amen. 
Yeah, that's so true. And um, one thing that, uh, you know, uh, Kenneth Hagin wrote a little mini booklet called How to Flow in the Gifts of the Holy Spirit. I have it at home. And he gives several good testimonies in there. And, you um, to bring it and read it on one of these, you know, just start off with it and just read it on this podcast. Yes. And let me just say that this is just, and I'm not being critical of pastors. Um, this is just what I've seen and experienced in corporate meetings. Um, that there's not much room left for the Holy Spirit. There's an agenda of man and not of God. And everything is timed and it's entertainment and it's routine. And preachers. You got to uh, keep customers satisfied. Exactly. Pastors, (laughs) um, uh, it, it grieves me in my. In my spirit, it grieves the Holy Ghost in me also uh, when the Holy Spirit is quenched. And um, pastors have to come back to the place of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and yielding to the Holy Spirit and the authority of the Holy Ghost in the church and give him a free course to be able to to bring his agenda uh and 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 execute it and manifest it and they have to be willing to govern the manifestation of the gifts in the church without quenching the holy spirit yes yes because the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophet you know our, our pastor is probably the best example i've ever seen of that you know uh, he's very gentle, and years ago, and this woman wasn't a member of the church, but she walked in, and she had a thus said the Lord, and she roundly rebuked the church for not uh, not caring about what happened to other people and not helping people. Well, at the time, we we I I, I know that we had rebuilt somebody's house for him. And we were doing stuff everywhere and gave all the time. And the pastor, all he said, he says, now, I believe that's a word from the Lord for some some group of people, but it's not for us and it's not for this church. And you miss God. And I want you to give up and I don't want you to stop. But that was wrong. Yes. Okay. And, you know, she never came to church again. That was as gentle a rebuke under the circumstances because we that church gave, we helped people, we did everything. And, I mean, seriously, that church, that church, I watched that church put people in houses, you know, give like crazy. I mean, it was just incredible. And so that might have been a word that she had for some group of people, but it wasn't, and it was just so gentle. And yeah, you know, and he's—I've heard him say before. He somebody said to me, he goes, you know, the first part of that was right on, and he said, and the second part of that, he goes, I think that's where you are personally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so you know, the thing about it is, is a lot of pastors don't. And when I say this, I don't say this critically, and it's not because. 
they're bad people, but they haven't been trained. Right. They don't. They don't know how to govern the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they're afraid to. Right. And that's not. And that, and please understand this. I I think the hardest ministry in the church is to pastor. Because you can tell people something for three years and then have some prophet come in and say the same thing you said for three years and everybody jumps up and down and they've ignored you. That's right. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm serious. And a lot of times, I, you know, it's just uh, people, when people get familiar with the gift of ministry, they tend to discount it being the voice of God. So a lot of people have pastors that are giving their lives to them, body and soul, and praying for them. And and, and some of the people are, are, are abusive yes. towards them, or, or discount them, and they don't respect them. And uh, I, you know, so I, I, in everything that I say, I have the highest respect for men and women who pastor churches. So I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just telling you there's been a gap in the church that happened somewhere between the in the 80s and 90s where we just stopped. We got more into the entertainment and we stopped equipping the saints. Yes, yes. Equipping and, uh, you know, releasing them, raising them up, releasing them and mobilizing them. Uh, helping them come to their place of leadership uh, in the body of Christ. And um, that's so important. And, you know, I think we'll have to come back and and do another broadcast and and continue and touch on some more topics again. Um, We've been going for a little over an hour. and uh, But we've covered so much, and it's been been a great uh, discussion. And much has been shared and and taught and brought to light. And so, I want you to um, connect with Prophet Vaughn. Um, you can connect with him uh, on his website, which is www.vaughnclark.org. Dot com. Dot com. Okay, uh, Vaughn Clark. Or, or GloriousLightMinistries.com. I'm not sure. Okay, so gl- GloriousLightMinistries.com or VaughnClark.com or you can also connect with him through Facebook, which he's active on Facebook and um, posts things regularly there, uh, things that he receives from the Lord uh, that he's hearing and, um, you know, different things, you know, that he's, he's teaching or speaking to help uh, encourage the body of Christ, equip the body of Christ, rebuke the body of Christ, all of the above. And so uh, connect with him there. Uh, You know, consider sowing into his ministry. He he travels all over the place speaking in different churches. Uh, Invite him to your church. Um, Message him. Invite him. Uh, I know he'd be glad to, to, to take your to take your message and respond to it and um, pray about and consider uh, taking any invitation as the Lord leads him in that. And so uh, we just want to thank you for tuning in and listening to this podcast. And 
I just ask God to bless you right now, wherever you are, and that the spirit of wisdom and revelation uh, and the knowledge of Jesus Christ would come upon you, and that the Lord would open up uh, the eyes of your understanding, and that He would enlighten your heart, and that the Holy Spirit would come and minister to you and speak to you and draw you closer to, to the Lord right now, wherever you are. And that, that the Lord would activate you and every gift that He's placed inside of you, that He would activate it and that He would bring it forth and cause it to manifest and that you would use it for His purpose and for the kingdom of God. And so we love you and we bless you and we thank you again so much for tuning in. Pray this broadcast has been a blessing to you. And just be on the lookout for us doing another broadcast together. Uh, we'll continue to post things online and on Facebook, on my website, which I have the podcast on uh, the new church that we're planning. Uh, let me just mention that real quick. February the 12th, 2017, uh, we're going to have our first service in Pooler, uh, Pooler, Georgia. Uh, it's called the River at Pooler Church, and we're going to kick off February the 12th, 2017. I'm extremely excited about what God wants to do in that area and, uh, you know, just what God is doing in that. And um, it's it's finally coming together. I've been working on this for uh, a little over a year since the Lord first uh, began to put this on my heart and speak to me about it. And so, uh, you know, I believe that 90% of the will of God is all in timing and in His timing. And so um, be on the lookout for more updates and check out uh, the church website at uh, www.theriversav.org. Uh, we have more info there, and you can find out more about the new church we're going to be planning in Pooler, how you can partner with us, how you can be involved. And so check us out there. Stay connected with us on Facebook, throughout social media. And until next time, be blessed. We'll talk to you soon.